0: The Main Street Tax Certainty Act um, it, uh, it ensures that that 199A provision, that 20% uh, deduction, would be made permanent, and that would be something that business owners can rely on every year when uh, when they file their taxes and when they think about uh, the dollars they're reinvesting. So it would make that permanent. Uh, you know we're only uh, two years out from when this would expire. And I know, t- talking to business owners all across uh, my district, um, you know, they want to know what the rules of the game are. They, they want that certainty, and that's why we think it's really important to do this sooner uh, rather than later. Welcome to Paycheck Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks.
1: Hey everybody, it's Gene Marks, and welcome back to another episode of the Paychecks Thrive Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. We're gonna talk taxes today, but it's a really important tax topic. And I know this is like singing to my dreams as a CPA. I have uh, Congressman Lloyd Smucker on is a Republican from the state of Pennsylvania, not far from where I live. First of all, Congressman, thank you so much uh, for joining me today.
0: Yeah, thanks for the invitation. I'm uh, looking forward to our conversation. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Me too, very much so. Um, you have co-sponsored um, a bill with more than I think 90 colleagues, a bipartisan bill called the Main Street Tax Certainty Act. Um, Let me give you the floor and ask you to explain to our audience what this is and why it's so important.
0: Sure. And again, uh, thanks for the opportunity. And I think we're now up uh, to about 120 uh, members of Congress who have co-sponsored oh. the bill, um, and it's bipartisan as well. Um, and so that's why I think not only is this really important, but there's a very good chance uh, we're able to, uh, to get this done. We're going to continue to build uh, that support and uh, had a very good reception so far. So essentially... Um, this supports our and the, the title of the bill is called the, the Main Street Tax Certainty Act, um, but it supports um, what we often think of as our Main Street businesses. These are not the big C corps. These are not the public corporations, but these are, you know, everyday mom and pop companies to larger privately held companies as well. Uh, And the way it supports them, by the way, that that group of businesses, as you know, Gene, uh, you know, really does drive our economy. Um, They they uh, it's about 95 percent of uh, all businesses in the country are what we call closely held businesses. They're either S-Corps, LLCs or sole proprietorships, something other than this, the the, the C-Corps. Um, and um, you know they create seven out of ten new jobs uh, right now. They're creating, or they already uh, more than half of those employed are, are employed by these closely held, uh, Main Street uh, businesses.
1: And, and also, if uh, I can add like half of uh, half of small businesses in this, I've, we've been spouting these numbers for so many years, I'm hoping they're still right. But they, <laughs> they do generate, you know, small businesses more than half of the U.S. Yeah. GDP as well. That's right. Um, and when we talk about small businesses, generally a lot of people have different definitions of what's considered to be small. But right. the Small Business Administration defines it as, as companies with less than 500 employees. But yeah. even so, you're absolutely right. I mean, big generators the- of jobs. And for the purposes of right? this,
0: for the purposes of this bill, it's any closely held a company. So it could be a much large, yeah. much larger company as well. Just any company uh, that's not a C corp uh, because of the way it affects the tax code here. Um, right. And you know, I was a I was a small business owner myself for many years, twenty five years prior to first serving in the state senate and 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 uh, and now in Congress. And so I've mm. I've seen the impact. Um, I also. Another piece, and I'll get to the question eventually. But another piece, why this is important? I think a lot. I serve on Ways and Means Committee, Budget Committee, Joint Economic Commission. I spent a lot of time, you know, thinking about our fiscal trajectory, the huge debt load that we have in the country, um, and it's we're in an unsustainable path. Uh, one of the, and it's a whole another topic. But one of the ways, in fact, arguably. Uh, has to be important part of getting out of that is strong economic growth. Uh, we've got to grow this economy at you know, something akin to what we've seen historically about 3 per, uh, 3% annual uh, growth in GDP, as opposed to our current projections from the Congressional Budget Office is about 1.6%. The difference between 1.6% and 3% growth in GDP over a period of 10, 20, and 30 years is Phenomenal. Um, and so I think about creating an environment where businesses are um, willing to take risk to reap the reward of, of investing, of innovating uh, and so on. And that's what this bill does. So this bill stems first from 2017 when we passed the Tax Cuts uh, and Jobs Act. And that bill, the initial goal of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which worked really, really well, by the way, um, you know, we saw strong economic growth, we saw low unemployment, we saw the lowest poverty rate ever uh, in the country in our history. Um, so it worked well. But the initial goal was to allow the big guys, the C corps, uh, to compete uh, with international firms. Our our um, tax rate for the C-Corps was extraordinarily high. We were one of the highest in the world. And so we reduced that to 21%. So then, uh, along with that, you have the S corps, the closely held uh, companies that are competing with the C corps, who have the uh, you know the highest tax rate now. Is, I think thirty-seven or thirty-nine percent. You'd know that better than me, but yep. we're we're we're, yep. we're way up there, much higher than the twenty-one percent C corp. And so, for the first time.
1: Well, let me, if I can just, I apologize for interrupting you, but just to explain to our audience as well, because your point is very well taken. Um, S corps or, uh, any kind of pass through entity, they can be partnerships, they can limited liability companies. They don't get taxed at the corporate level. They get taxed at the individual level. So where you're saying, Congressman Spuckers, you know, you're right. The, the, the C corp that tax rate was reduced to 21%. But for me, I run an S-corp, for example. Right. So my, you know, my income flows through to my personal income taxes and I get paid at in, you know, taxed at individual rates, which are much higher and could be as high as 39.5%. So um, yes. just want to make sure that, I clarify. Uh,
0: that's a very important point. And I'm, I'm glad okay. you, uh, you clarified that because that's exactly the situation that we're in. So with a 21% um, C-corp rate, the, the high of 37%, 30, 39.5% in the individual side made it hard for those companies yep. to compete with the C-Corps, and they're often competing with them. Um, and so we did, for the first time in the tax code, implemented a deduction for owners of those closely held organization of 20% of the of the income. Um, and that deduction allowed businesses, uh, owners of businesses, to reinvest back in their businesses to increase their their wages for their employees, to reinvest in their communities uh, and and continue to grow their businesses. Uh, and so uh, that was really important. It was an important part of the strong economic growth that we saw as a result of the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act.
1: And I'm going to interrupt you again with apologies because, sure, again, you're absolutely right. Um, and again, speaking as a small business owner myself, I think uh, this is like the first time ever we've had like a deduction like this that was in, right. introduced in 2017. And like, so, so guys, if you're listening or watching this, I mean, and you own a pass through, which like 95% of businesses in this country are pass throughs, something like that, uh, you know, it basically means that whatever you, by the way, it doesn't apply to all businesses. Some are excluded. So you have to talk to your True. accountant about that. But for the most part, Whatever money you made in your business before it flows to your personal tax return, um, you get a 20% deduction. So if you earned $100 in profit during the year, only $80 of it would have been taxed. That's a huge tax deduction, huge. And that started in 2017. And I, I know for a fact, not only just me personally, but also Um, You know, many of my clients really, really took a huge amount of benefit, took that money and reinvested it, saved it, you know, hired people with it, bought capital equipment with it. So um, it it was a big benefit to the economy. Yeah, yeah. it
0: it worked exactly as we had thought it would. The, The entire Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, but specifically this piece. Uh, and so, the, uh, and we call this it's 199A. That's the section of the tax code that uh, that uh, implements this uh, provision, uh, but that provision, along with a number of others, uh, expired uh, or, or is set to expire uh, within the next few years by the end of 2025. Um, and so if we don't extend some of these pieces of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that have worked really, really well, you're going to see rates snap back. You're going to see that 20 percent uh, deduction gone. We've already seen an expiration of, of some of the provisions that uh, allowed deductions for research and development. And that's already affecting the ability uh, of some companies to invest in research and development, which, by the way, we really want. Um, And so um,
1: uh, capital expenditures as well, the the deduction for depreciation, right? First year deduction is starting to go down and down, right?
0: Yeah. So, So, you know, we we uh, because of the way that bill was passed, uh, it was done through a, a vehicle called the Budget Reconciliation Act. Uh, it had to, um, the CBO had to show it paid for itself within 10 years. This is probably getting way too much in the weeds, but the fact of the matter is much as we would have liked to make these provisions permanent, uh, we were not able to at that time. And we had hoped that we would come back, see the benefits of the tax cuts and jobs act, and there'd be overwhelming support, uh, to extend them, uh, these provisions and make them permanent. This, my bill, the main street tax certainty act. Um, it, uh, it ensures that that 199A provision, that 20% uh, deduction, would be made permanent. And that would be something that business owners can rely on every year when, uh, when they file their taxes and when they think about uh, the dollars they're reinvesting. So it would make that permanent. Uh, you know, we're only uh, two years out from when this would expire. And I know t- talking to business owners all across uh, my district, um, you know they want to know what the rules of the game are. They, they want that certainty. And that's why we think it's really important to do this sooner uh, rather than later. Um, and and uh, we've, as you said, introduced this bill. We have broad support on a bipartisan basis. We have uh, close to 120 co-sponsors now. And so uh, I'm hoping that uh, this bill gets passed, uh, hopefully even this year. And if not this year, hopefully as soon as possible, we can get this passed.
1: Perfect. Uh, That is great. So um, the bill has been introduced. Uh, We're hoping it's going to come for a vote and get passed this year. Um, And this would be in the House. Uh, which is Republican controlled? Is there a, a a partner bill in the Senate? Isn't that the way you usually act? You have to have a sort of a you know a, a bill in the Senate that's sort of like um, mirroring the bill yeah. in the House that sure. you know then goes towards reconciliation.
0: Yes, uh, yes, there is, and and yes, obviously this will have to pass in the House and the Senate. Um, right. I don't know uh, who Steve Daines, I'm told, is the co sponsor of uh, that bill there. Um, And I think perhaps for the listeners today, um, it's also important to know that um, about uh, over 160 trade associations and business groups have have endorsed this bill. And if listeners want to be helpful uh, to get this passed, I think it's important that their members of Congress hear from them. Uh, One of the reasons we have So many co-sponsors on this bill, and this came through in a very short amount of time as well. It's fairly unusual to have that many co-sponsors when the bill was just introduced. Um, But one of the reasons for that is uh, members of Congress are hearing from people, business owners across their district about the impact it would have if this uh, 20% deduction goes away. They're hearing from their trade associations um, and it's really, really important. We keep that up. Like, l- let your member of Congress know how important this is. Uh, this is to you.
1: Okay, um, you know, th- th- there's obviously there's always opposition, you know, to these bills. And I, I realize that uh, politics is politics. So sometimes people just oppose it because it's a a party you know, line kind of thing. But just playing devil's advocate, um, Congressman, like, uh, you know, is would you say a legitimate opposition to this bill? is is that people say, well, this is a big tax deduction that's taking tax revenues away from the government, which such tax revenues could be used to fund programs and other important government spending things. I mean, I could see somebody having that, that point of view. Uh, what would be your response to that point of view?
0: You know, uh, Gene, there's uh, an ongoing debate around economic policy and what Uh, works best both to to provide opportunity for the American people, but, you know, what it does to our fiscal trajectory, which I briefly mentioned, but our fiscal trajectory uh, going forward. And that debate occurred during the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, but it's still alive and well in terms of, you know, whether the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act had the intended effect, whether it was very, very uh, successful Right. And and then there's another debate around who should be paying taxes and what we often hear. And I don't know how I don't want to make this overly political, but what we often hear, I'm a Republican. What we hear from the other side is that the rich just don't pay their fair share. Uh, The fact of the matter on this is that we are one of the most progressive uh, uh, tax uh, structures in the world. And uh, so the rich here pay a higher share than in many, many other uh, developed countries uh, around the world. But, you know, I, again, I was a small business owner. I understand the power of individuals being willing to invest, to take risks, uh, and then the incentives they have by being able to, to uh, reap the reward of being, you know, often this, they fail many times. I've had and that happened. But then, you know, when they invest, uh, they can reap the rewards of that. That is creating jobs, that's growing the economy, and it's what we should be encouraging. And so, you know, from my perspective and from most from Republican perspective, um, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act could not have been more, well, maybe could have been more successful. That's maybe an overstatement. But um, we saw economic growth at a higher rate than we had seen for years. Uh, we saw uh, uh, the lowest, more jobs created, reinvestment in jobs here rather than overseas, millions of new jobs created, lowest, uh, um, uh, lowest unemployment rate uh, in 50 years and lowest unemployment rate for some you know, populations that had traditionally been the most disadvantaged. Uh, lowest unemployment rate ever, more opportunity created. And uh, one of the things I'm proud of, lowest poverty rate in, in our history. And so, you know, and then we got hit with COVID. Uh, right. Otherwise, we would have seen this go on. But the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act also resulted against some of the claims of folks who, uh, you know, uh, who were not supportive of it, also resulted in the highest revenue ever coming into the U.S. government. Right. And it was higher than what c b o would projected before they passed we passed the bill, and so it worked very very well uh It's hard to look at the numbers in my view at least and say that this didn't work extremely well um, I just believe in the American people, and you know there are some here in d c who believe that we should be taking more money uh from the American people and then deciding how that money should be distributed. I believe that The power of our economy, the power of our system is in the American people. Um, of course, we have to have a government that's going to require taxes. Of course, we have to have a government that's that's working uh, sure. effectively. But putting more money in people's pockets, putting more money in business owners' pockets helps to grow that revenue rather than uh Rather than reducing it, you and I certainly
1: that. have a lot in common about our views about the economy. and Now, uh, government money should or shouldn't be spent, um, Congressman. Just and we only have a couple of minutes left, but I, I did want to get your yeah. Your, you're you're optimistic. I realize that you you you've put through this bill. You've got a lot of you know people behind it, both you know from a bipartisan way, um, and maybe because I'm just an accountant, so I'm I'm paid to be pessimistic. But I <laughs> I look at um, I, I look at all these tax you know um credits and deductions that are starting to expire now are being scaled back and will be expiring over the next you know couple of years um i see all that rolled into like a big campaign issue you know like i see like your bill there's been another bill about reinstating the r&d you know tax deduction as well um i know there's other talks about making other of these uh, you know deductions from 2017 permanent i i feel like um like there's just not going to be a vote on that it's going to be like push towards 2024 and it's going to be like one of the main platforms of you know of the Republicans saying, you know, listen, we passed this tax bill back in 2017. You vote for us again, we're going to make sure this stuff continues on, um, rather than doing it, you know, sort of piecemeal. It almost takes away a little bit of the ammunition during an election year. Do you know what I mean? And I was wondering if you can comment uh, on that. Am I being naive for saying that, or or no, you know, no, I don't
0: like, think you're you're far off. That these economic issues are going to be, I think, the key. Um, one of the key provisions are platforms that yeah. both parties will be running on, um, and and you know, frankly, some of these things we're going to need a Republican Senate probably to to help us with these. We may need a Republican. Uh, president, Although I've been pleased even with Biden there where we disagree on many, many issues, we've actually been able to push through some pretty good fiscal policy, you know, stopping the trillions in spending, put together a debt relief bill that that reduced the deficit yeah. uh, you know, going forward. Right. So we've had some wins. Yeah. So so I don't give up hope. Uh, and, you know, I'm very pleased with the number of co-sponsors on this particular provision uh, I think I think, as I mentioned, members are hearing from their constituents. And so I'm you know, I I, I think you're right. These issues will be a big part of the upcoming uh, campaign cycle. And they'll be part of that um, and you know, to to really get done what we'd like to get done. We're going to need a Republican Senate and presidency. But there's some of these pieces that I think we can get done. And hopefully this would be one of them even prior to that. Fair enough. So we'll see. Fair enough. You know, but you're going to be a little pessimistic. I try to be optimistic. Yep, so. I agree. We'll and we need
1: we need more optimists yeah. than pessimists. So thank you for having that point of view. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Congressman Lloyd Smucker is a Republican from Pennsylvania has introduced the Main Street Tax Certainty Act with a bunch of co-sponsors and support, bipartisan support as well. If you are a small business owner, particularly of a pass-through business and want to see the uh, pass-through deduction continue on the section 199A deduction, carry on and even be made permanent. Call up your local representative and tell them that you support this act. Uh, So hopefully we can actually see it become law. Uh, Congressman Smucker, thank you so much for all the great work you're doing. And uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks.
0: Thanks for having me. appreciate uh, your voice for businesses and and these issues that we're faced with. And so uh, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's an honor. It was a
1: lot of fun. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash thrive topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll benefits or insurance services, see how paychecks can help. Visit the resource hub at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W O R X. Paychecks can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023, all rights reserved.